Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. One bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Hey, we're back to doing a beer show Friday night on the six pack, except for this time we're going a little bit bigger. You can keep playing, Sean. You can keep, uh, yeah, there we go. I didn't mean to cut you off soon, uh, early. But we're going big tonight with High Bank Distillery in the house. I'm joined by Adam Hines, master distiller, and Zach Jensen, head bartender. Gentlemen, thank you for coming in tonight. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. And what are we starting off the festivities with? Uh, tonight we're going to start with the Whiskey War. And it, uh, it's giving me that warm sensation inside. Oh, yeah. So our Whiskey War is kind of our flagship product here. It's got a nice little fun store behind it. Uh, but it's a, a blended product that we do here in-house. And uh, it uh, you'll get a nice little peppery up front, and then it'll smooth out with that uh, caramel aspect there. And uh, how long did it take in the development phase to get it to where it's at right now? Well, that's the fun part, right? So I'm the, I'm the distiller. I get to do all the testing and... Uh, it was. I mean, people joke about it, but it was nine months of rigorous testing, which was rigorous testing. <laughs> oh, darn. That's a, oh, it's, darn. It's a lot of drinking involved. <laughs> so, but we, You'll uh, suffer for your craft, right? right? So we, we, make, you know, we make bourbon grain to bear to bottle in-house. This is a whiskey. Uh, as we all know, bourbon takes several years to age properly before we start releasing it. So we just opened up in May. Uh, our bourbon is currently going into barrels every single week and is aging right now. And so this product here that we have, this Whiskey War, is a blended product. So I sourced two barrels from Indiana and one barrel from Tennessee, and that's the combination of the products that we uh, blend in-house for our own in-house uh, Whiskey War blend that we have. Okay. I'd like to get into a little bit more of you know the whole difference between scotch and bourbon and whiskey and all that other fun stuff. High Bank Distillery in the house tonight for our beer show. But it's been a couple of weeks since we've done the... Uh what we commonly refer to, the, the show's called The Six Pack, and on Fridays, we usually do a beer show and uh, highlight a local craft brewer, and tonight we're doing a, a distillery show. Adam Hines, master distiller of High Bank Distillery is in, and Zach Jensen, head bartender. Craft breweries are going through the roof. You guys decided to do a distillery in instead. Correct. And, and is that because you prefer spirits rather than beer? Or was it more of a marketing choice, maybe because the field wasn't as crowded or, or what? You know, it's, it is part of our story. So when we started four years ago, I mean, this concept started over four years ago. Uh, myself and Jordan, one of the other founders, we were actually talking about becoming a uh, brewery is what the initial concept was. So we have, we have a name, we have can designs, we have a website, we have all that stuff for a brewery set up. And that was for the first nine months of our business plan. Um, but then we got wind of laws shifting in Ohio. Basically, up until about two, three years ago, you were not allowed having a restaurant attached to a distillery. Um, and because you, you were not allowed? You were not allowed. Okay. I mean, this law was going back to prohibition. Um, and because we got wind of that, we saw, you know, the craft distilling side, there's a couple major players, you know, here in Columbus, Ohio. But other, outside of that, there's not a lot of craft distilleries in Ohio at all compared to the rest of the United States. So... We decided to take 
uh, take the step to do a distillery instead of a brewery. And it was natural. I mean, for me, my dad, uh, he's lived in Louisville, Kentucky for the last 12 years. I mean, I, the first time I experienced a distillery, a Rick house, I was, I used to have a Harley and my dad still does. And we would be driving around horse country down in Kentucky. And I remember coming over a hill and just seeing this huge black building. And I was like, what the heck is that? And it was a Rick house and you could just smell bourbon. And that was really what, my, what, what is a Rick House? So a Rick House is uh, a classic place where you age barrels. Okay. So Rick House is a barrel aging facility. Um, you'll see them when you go driving around Kentucky in the country. You'll see these, you know, black buildings kind of all over the place, um, just out in the middle of nowhere. Basically. Now, are, are they they black for a reason? Is it to attract heat and um, sunlight? Or honestly, not? because a lot of it, a black mold forms on them. Some of them are painted black. Um, I mean, they're all different colors, but a lot of them they have uh, from. And I, I don't know if I have this absolutely correct, but a lot of it's from uh, alcohol vapors and stuff like that. And then it forms this black discoloration on the building naturally. Just uh, don't want to throw too much on your plate, but down the road, if you decided that you wanted to add a beer to your line, can you do that or not? Are, are um, you kind of all in now on the distilling side? We would have to go through some different uh, processes legally to be able to actually brew as well as distill. Um, but I mean, we have the space to do it. And, and why don't you think that there, why are there no other distilleries, you know, Cleveland or Cincinnati or uh, why is that more beer centric, it would seem? Um, well, there there are uh, a lot of distilleries. Oh, that okay. Are I, maybe I misunderstood up. you. Yeah. So, there, I mean, there wasn't, you know, historically okay. Five, okay. five, eight years ago, you know, Watershed and OIO came into the picture. I think it's eight years ago now. And they kind of paved the way for, you know, us as distilleries. and Just in Columbus, though. Yeah. 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 Right. And then, you know, there are some other distilleries that are around that are around Ohio. There's a couple up in Cleveland and there is some down okay. in Cincinnati. But, um, you know, there's really nobody that is well known, so to speak. Once again, Adam Hines, master distiller, is in from High Bank Distillery and Zach Jensen, head bartender. The nuts and bolts of distilling. Is that self-taught? Or do you go to school for that? I mean, because I know a lot of the brewers, you know, well, I was a home brewer and now I want to do it on a, a large scale. Is that the same? Because um, uh, I, I always thought it was, whenever I think of home distillery, I think of mash, you know, and yeah. the little distillery they had in the tent and how that's all kind of, you know, bootlegging and stuff. Right. Or Talk I mean, about that. Distilling in your house is, it's highly illegal. <laughs> and so I definitely never had a still in my garage. Nudge, nudge, N- wink, wink. Yeah, okay. Never, never did that ever. <laughs> um, so, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a self-taught thing. Uh, as I tried, <laughs> you know, but it's it's also classes. I mean, I've I've shadowed a lot of distillers um, anywhere from down in uh, Kentucky and Louisville and up in Rochester, New York. I mean, it's it's building um, building this network of people. You know, as soon as we knew that we wanted to go in this three years ago, that was that was my task. And right? how do you get received by that community? I, I mean, is it pretty welcoming, or is it? Eh, I don't want these guys horning in on my territory and what I do. Overall, I mean, I'm a part of the Ohio Distillers Guild. We are as High Bank, and they're great. I mean, it's a it's a great community of people that we we all help each other out. You know, um, it's I would I would uh you know attest it very similarly similarly to um, that of the craft brew movement, where it seems like everybody's kind of on the same page and rising yeah. tides raise all ships. You guys do vodka, gin, and whiskey, and without getting too wonky or talking chemistry, what are can you give us a quick thumbnail? What are the intricacies of each? Uh, so you know, which one's the pain in the ass? Uh, <laughs> so it's, I mean, 
our whiskey is probably or the bourbon that we make you well, know, yeah it, it, it the, takes so long to age you, you can't just have it right away yeah i mean there's a lot of and nuances that go into it you know so from from when i can, had can this, i stop you there sure, real quick sure, sure. you got to wait um x number of months years for something to age so when you're testing it like what we're having right now uh-huh. did you figure this out the, the exact way it is a year ago and, yeah. and then once you perfected it, then you do it, and then you got to wait another, you know, six months or a year or whatever. So, so it was really like two years ago that the this. So what you're tasting right now, I came up with about a year ago. Um, but again, we were buying, we were purchasing barrels that were already aged, you know. So what we're producing now in house, that's going to be staying in our our rick house on site for the next three to four years before we open it. It's you know, it, it's a lot of exploration and testing and and but you know through experience of of tasting stuff like that you know if it's good going in it's going to be good coming out okay and then i I don't know if you can assign a percentage to this or not what what percentage does the aging barrel bring to the final product as far as the taste is concerned it's a it's a huge part i mean we source our barrels out of um uh, spaceside cooperage down in jackson ohio um but bourbon goes into bourbon and whiskey go into the barrel absolutely clear and it comes out this, you know, delicious golden brown color, right? And so um, you, not only does it absorb all the color from the barrel, from the charred barrel inside, but it also um, gets a lot of the flavors. So a lot of the oils from the wood. I mean, why those rick houses are outside on the hills down in Kentucky um, and they're not temperature controlled is because in the summertime, liquid expands and your, your bourbon actually goes into the barrel. In the wintertime, it contracts and it actually comes back out of the barrel. That's how it gets its flavor and gets its color. So heaven forbid, if your barrel provider, uh, you know, got disrupted, went out of business or whatever, how hard is it going to be to find somebody that can step into that void and, and produce exactly what you're doing? Well, uh, you know, so as making a bourbon, we have to use American white oak. So any any barrel provider that's using American white oak, it'll be similar. Will it be exactly the same? Okay. No, but it'll be similar. All right. Well, once again, we got High Bank Distillery in tonight, and uh, that is Adam Hines, Master Distiller, talking, and he brought along Zach Jensen, head bartender. We'll get more into that. We'll get more from Sean Carney. My name is Dave Mann. This is The Six Pack. We are back to doing a beer show on a Friday night. I've had a couple of Fridays off. And uh, so we thought, being first show back, let's kick it up a notch or two. Let's do a distillery show. So we got High Bank Distillery in tonight. Adam Hines, master distiller. Zach Jensen, head bartender. We're going to talk to Zach in the next segment about some of the uh, the craft cocktails that they uh, they offer at High Bank because it's not just a distillery. It is also a restaurant with good eats as well. I heard something, I read something earlier today about deviled eggs and chicken skin and uh, a hot sauce that I definitely want to find out what is up with that. But let's talk a little bit with Sean Carney first, our musical guest. And you're going to have to grab that mic, Sean, and pull it up a little closer if you can. Uh, Thank you for coming in again, as always. And uh, you're playing tonight. Where are you at? I'll be uh, with the Joint Rockers at the India Oak over in uh, Clintonville. Okay. Uh, what time are you hitting the stage? Uh, 8 p.m. Okay, so you got plenty of time yeah, to time. bust out of here. We'll make it. You were gigging up in Cleveland today yeah, for the police chief or for what? for the uh, police chief up in Cleveland for his uh, Christmas luncheon. I played it last year as well. Something tells me that's a free get-out-of-jail card that you can cash in. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then how about tomorrow evening? We're, we're... Uh, I'll be at the uh, Barrel and Boar uh, Creekside. 
Creekside? Tomorrow at 6. It'll be now, an early show. And, and that's just you, or? I'll be with, uh, doing, uh, doing a trio, actually, uh, along with my good friend, uh, John Henry, and uh, our buddy Andre will be on uh, percussion. So it'll be a little nice little cozy trio. And, and anything on Sunday? Nothing on Sunday. Oh, come on, Sean. Jeez. <laughs> Every once in a while. Where's the work ethic, off? man? And, and, and tell <laughs> listeners, too, I mean, how many different configurations do you play in? There, there's the Sean Carney Band, correct? Yeah. yeah. And then there's the House Rockers. Joint Rockers. Joint, uh, joint Rockers, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and then you've got, uh, like, like your trio t- tomorrow night. Is there a name for that, or is that uh, just kind of a one-off? Yeah, it's just a one-off. Uh, the band I played with up in Cleveland today is actually called the On the One Band. And that's actually, we were recognized by the uh, chief of police today for our uh, community outreach work. Mm, sweet. We, uh, you know, we do some youth outreach work with uh, some really talented young young teenage musicians who are involved in the band. And they're just, they're dynamite. It's a, it's a real pleasure to get to do that. So that's one of many bands. And uh, I uh, also work with another band up in Cleveland called Blue Lunch. And they're kind of a swing band with the horns. Okay. Um, so I could keep going, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just depends. I try to I try to be able to adapt to what a particular gig or yeah, and you know, particular situation calls for. A- any of your travels to Cleveland? Did you ever get to play with uh, Robert Lockwood Jr.? I never got to play with him, but I got to play for him. For, oh, wow! A couple, uh, one specific time was that he, unnerving to play it for was, him? It was incredibly, uh, it was incredibly intimidating. Yeah. He, he was he was notoriously tough, and uh, he you know he could he could he was known to be a little little sharp sometimes with the know? tongue, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and for the, for those that don't know, Robert Lockwood Jr., a direct descendant of Robert Johnson. Uh, yeah. What, what 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 was he a great grandson? He was or? actually a stepson. Stepson. His, uh, but he 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 was in a really unique situation because Robert Johnson dated. Uh, Lockwood's mother. Okay. And uh, Lockwood was probably about 10 years younger than Robert Johnson. So he was really the only person that Robert Johnson ever sat down and taught anything on the guitar. Incredible. So he was really uh, the last true link as far as somebody that, the only link really that as far as somebody that Robert Johnson taught. So I was real lucky to get to sit down with Robert a couple times <laughs> and then cool. pass the guitar back and forth. And I, you know, I was real grateful for those opportunities. And not to insult anybody's intelligence, but if you don't know who Robert Johnson is, well, I mean, legend has it he's the one that sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads and has been emulated by Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin and Jeff Beck and Keith Richards of the Stones and, and pretty much anybody and everybody tried to pull off uh, what Robert Johnson did back in the day. All right, we'll get back with the folks from High Bank Distillery and talk about uh, all the other stuff they've got to offer. Yeah, welcome back. we got a beer show going on, but it's been amplified to a distillery show tonight. We've got High Bank Distillery in. Adam Hines, Master Distiller. Zach Jensen, Head Bartender. We're going to talk to Zach in just a second about uh, some of the craft, um, craft cocktails. That they offer, and then you can also hear Sean Carney on the guitar tonight. And during the commercial break, there, um, I'm not a big gin drinker. As a matter of fact, my favorite gin. Is- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a song called Cold Gin by Kiss. Probably predates you, you youngsters. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, this uh, not being a gin drinker, I find this very uh, palatable. I mean, I, I could certainly drink this. And then, you know, let's segue over to Zach. Zach, what kind of craft cocktails would you make with with this gin for example what Um, would you bring to the table yeah yeah so just real quick our our gin is very citrus forward american crafted gin um you get a lot of that lemon um coriander and orange in there i would say the lemon to me jumps out as being the primary taste the one thing that hits me um but yeah it's actually it's much more easy to drink than say like a london dry which is like your tangerays or your your bombays that have a lot of juniper to it so and is that what people typically misrepresent as the pine? Yes, that's the that's the pine tree in it is the juniper berries. So that's what gives it that piney taste. Okay. So, but um, we we right now we have a seasonal um, classic uh, gin fizz on there. So which just classic egg white um, cocktail, but we actually use um, sorry aquafaba in it which is the juice from the chickpeas, which is actually a, a vegan option. Who figures this out? Yeah, that's true. So it foams up just like like the um, the egg white does. Um, but vegan option, we actually don't have to keep that cold either, which is awesome. So it makes it nice. But, yeah, just the, the gin in there, lemon juice, um, and that's that's pretty much it in that. So awesome okay so that's from from the gin aspect what about um what about a vodka or a whiskey a craft cocktail that you guys specialize in well let's let's go with whiskey first here um one that we've had since day one and is probably still the number one thing that we sell there is um our Mm old-fashioned so we just do a high bank old-fashioned we do a, a special take on it though we actually smoke the glass so we use um the mortar and pestle sit there and use wood chips in there flame it with a with a torch put the glass over top of it smokes it that way so a lot of places now will use uh, like a smoke machine to smoke the glass we do it that way it takes a little bit more time um can be a little frustrating on a very very busy night <laughs> but it it just it makes the drink phenomenal and there's it's no way you can cool do experience. that and you, you can't do that in advance and have them ready to oh go. no it's not at all okay. so so yeah so we, we take the 10 with it too and you actually present it to your guest however it's going to be if they're at a table or if they're at the bar um sit there and take it with them connected pop off the top of the tent and the smoke comes out too so it's a really 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 cool experience and nice. if, you're sitting, if you're sitting at the bar you get to see all the the flames going and <laughs> and the, the smoked wood which is an awesome experience um vodka wise yeah okay um so vodka wise we use a lot of seasonal ingredients so right now um we have the rosemary pomegranate so we use pomegranate in it like a pomegranate simple syrup um rosemary um which is actually a draft cocktail which is a neat way to do it. So with the high volume that we do, sometimes you can easily just pull the handle and the cocktail's ready to go. So Let, let me ask you a vodka question real quick. Sure. You know, I, I've heard before, uh, myth is that you, you can only make, like vodka has a ceiling as to how good it can be and that you're really paying for the bottle. Like on the real high-end vodkas. Address that. Is that bunk or, or what? Uh, taste is subjective. You know, I, I think so, vodka mostly tastes the same. Yeah, to be honest. vodka is vodka is vodka, is vodka. Right. I mean, you know, you're you're distilling it. You know, when you make vodka, you have to distill it at at or above 190 proof, which is 95 percent alcohol. 
when you distill it that high, you're pretty much taking all the odor, all the taste, yeah, I mean, all the flavor and all that stuff, and you're making this as pure as possible, taking the, the alcohol from the grain and turning it into, you know, a pure, pure liquid. And so you're naturally removing a lot of the flavors out of that. So, um, so if you didn't do that, what would it be? Would it be vodka or would it be something else? And what would it taste like? No, it would be a grain spirit. I mean, okay. you'd start having, I mean, that's essentially, you know, you can make vodka. Like our vodka is made from 100% wheat. And we also, 100% wheat, and then we finish it with, uh, we do an additional distillation with Ohio cold press apples that we put into it, which leaves some residual sugar. So when you taste our vodka, it's odorless, tasteless, but then it has this just kind of sweet finish to it. You don't taste apple in it, but it has a sweet aftertaste to it. Um, you know, I actually forget what the original question was there. <laughs> uh, just, just about the, you know, how people, I, I've heard before, and maybe you guys haven't heard this, or maybe you have. I've, I've just heard before that vodka is, vodka is vodka, and if you're paying for the high-end stuff, you're just paying for the fancy bottle. Yeah, I mean, and there's, there is truth to that, but, I mean, I've had some really bad vodka. I mean, anything you buy in a plastic bottle is pretty horrible. I was horrible. just going to say that's why it's in the plastic <laughs> bottle. I, I think if you look at, um, like, Grey Goose and Kettle One, like when you dry that just straight up, no ice, nothing like that, it hits you with that rubbing alcohol burn at the end. Ours is much smoother with, than that, especially with the Ohio apples that we use. It gives it a nice, easy finish to where you could drink it like neat, straight up, or on the rocks, and you don't need a, a mixer with it. But if you look at most vodkas, people get them vodka cranberries, well, vodka sodas you know, with limes. Drinking, drinking liquor straight up, you know, to me, it seems like years ago, if you did that, you had a problem. I mean, you were looked at as being some sort of degenerate. If, <laughs> and, and nowadays, it's that's really not the case, is it? I mean, there's a lot of people that just want to have a straight vodka or a straight whiskey or a, a straight gin. I mean, what do you think has happened to shift that social perspective? Or, or do you not agree with that assessment? Um, no, I, I see what you're saying with that. I think that really, it's just like people... I think it's also a craze right now, too, that people are like, oh, I'm going to try this whiskey straight up or this gin straight up. A lot of people have their palates are that way to where they actually enjoy the flavor of it. Like I was a big Irish whiskey drinker for a long time, and that was just me straight up on the rocks, maybe with some soda just to cut it a little bit. But now it's like I like bourbons. They're a little bit sweeter for me, but I like them a lot more. Now. Well, and, and, and on the bourbon side of it, it would be, um, you know, people would joke is like, wh why would you? Why would you dump Coke or Pepsi into a perfectly good bourbon? Exactly. And, and that used to be kind of a joke until I started drinking bourbon straight. And now I totally, I, I don't put pop in my in mm -hmm. my whiskey or my bourbon. I would rather just have it straight. So uh, High Bank Distillery in tonight on the six pack. Adam Hines, master distiller. Jack, uh, Jack, Jack, Zach Jensen, <laughs> head bartender. It, let's talk about the name. High Bank Distillery, because sure. there, there's there's something behind that name. And then also, you know, well, I'll let you explain that first. And then if my follow-up question applies, I'll ask. Sure. So uh, Columbus is important to us. Um, the name High Bank came from uh, us trying to find a brand name that would resonate with the history of Columbus, but could also expand outside of central Ohio. So we didn't want to be called Columbus Distilling Company. And then when we go to Cleveland, mm -hmm. it's not that great. And, you know, we'll never go to Michigan, you know, being called Columbus. <laughs> still company. Good um, thinking. <laughs> Savvy business right. uh, marketing decision. So uh, the name High Bank came from. So when Columbus, the city of Columbus was being founded back in 1812, uh, 
Franklinton, which is, uh, you know, here now, was one of the main considerations of being the state capital of Ohio. All the flooding that was going on, they decided to move the state capital to the high bank of the Olentangy and Scioto River and build Columbus there. And w- so, was this, because uh, at one time, wasn't Chillicothe the capital? Yes. And so would this be after that? This was after that. Okay. Yep. Yep. In 18, that was 1812. I, Chillicothe was the capital. I I actually don't want to say date because I know I'll be wrong. Don't don't worry about it. Yep. I, I, I was just trying to prove I was smart by bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so it, it's it, it's because of uh, the capital, and then there was also a proximity that played into the to the rivers, right? Right, correct. So the the fact that you know the rivers are such a great you know traveling post, you know, back in the eighteen hundreds. I mean, that's where all major cities were pretty much built off of at the time. And isn't there some, I don't know if you can speak to this or not, isn't there some sort of Indian myth where, like, rivers converge? Isn't that supposed to be fortunate or lucky or? I can't speak to that. Okay. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that Okay. Um, and then is there, is there any sort of uh, bootlegging history in the Columbus area that, that, you know, you guys tip your hat to? Uh, Other than your own that you were doing <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> hypothetically. Hypothetically. Uh, there is some. I don't really want to disclose the research that I've done so far because it's okay. going to go into a new product that we're releasing oh. uh, this fall. Or I'm, I'm sorry, this winter. But something that is interesting. So, uh, so we like tying back to the history, right? Like finding something historic uh, about Columbus. That's where High Bank came from. The name High Bank. Our vodka bottle has two... Nice, you know, swish paint marks on the front of it, which is the representation of the two rivers, you know, coming together. Uh, our gin is called State House Gin, and it has a story on the back that talks about when the State House was built and how it took 23 years to do it. Uh, but the fun story that I like is for our whiskey. Our, our whiskey is called Whiskey War. Um, in 1875, a man by the name of Henry Corbin in Westerville, Ohio, was trying to open up a saloon. And um, that's a very, it was a very big Bible Belt, you know, area. Um, and the day before that his saloon was supposed to open, it was blown up by two barrels of gunpowder. Two years later, he tries to open up a saloon again. And when... Um, Domestic uh, terrorism way back then. <laughs> right. When uh, the day before he was going to open again, there was a riot that happened outside. And it was the story goes that, that Henry Corbin came outside and wielded two pistols and held them in the air. And if you see on the front of our bottle, it's two pistols crossed over together. Nice. Yeah. And it was said to ignite the whiskey war of the Anti-Saloon League. Um, and uh, which then led into Prohibition, which is, you know, a lot of history also points back to Westerville, Ohio, is where Prohibition actually started. So we're, all, we're a big fan of trying to tell a story and the story of, of places in, in and around the Columbus, Ohio area. All right. Well, this hour is moving really, really quick. We got one more segment to go, and, and we'll get back and close it out with Sean Carney and High Bank Distillery Company. Do it next. News Radio 610 WTVN. You can hear Sean Carney playing some guitar for us tonight. And uh, Sean's got a couple of gigs over the weekend. We'll touch on that in just a second. Tonight we're talking to High Bank Distillery Company. Adam Hines, Master Distiller, is in, along with Zach Jensen. Uh, talk about the uh, the New Year's Eve bash you guys got coming. Up. It sounds like fun. Yeah, so we've got an, like an all-inclusive. Kind of get it online at highbankco.com. Sit there, all-inclusive. We do table service as well. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. We got um, all you can drink, all you can eat buffet style. And let me stop you there real quick because we, we've talked so much about the distillery end of it. Brag about the restaurant. I mean, if yeah. I'm going there, it's not a food truck in the parking lot, or it's not just a pigs in a blanket i mean you guys got you guys got some serious chow yeah yeah no we uh we have a full kitchen so um 
everything. We we do everything there. So you were talking about the the deviled eggs earlier. Yeah, talk about that. Deviled eggs. I think what really does set it off is the hot sauce on there. We do a house made buffalo sauce that is phenomenal. Um, and a lot of people ask what came first, the the chicken or the egg. <laughs> we don't have to worry about it. You got both ends. You got the egg. You got the chicken. It's great. So. Um, they are something to die for. I, I'm telling you, everybody comes okay. in and people that don't even like deviled eggs. I'm just like, you got to try them. So they're, they're phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we do, almost all of it's farm to table food. So we have great burgers, chicken sandwiches, uh, you know, great entrees are, we just released our full menu. Uh, Brussels sprouts have been to die for. We've gotten mm. uh, some really good, some really good reviews. That sounds on good. Yeah. yeah, we got pork belly on the menu now, and pork belly and grits, which is great. We also have a meatloaf and a chicken pot pie that is just amazing. And then, uh, do you ever have any live entertainment, or is it? Uh, you, uh, you got some game like foosball and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, we got, we got we got a bunch of game. We have a little game room area, okay. um, foosball, um, little bubble hockey action, and um, shuffleboard as well. And um, then, um, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, we do, um, Carter Winter is going to be there December 22nd. Um, we're doing, we're selling out for that event as well, um, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, that's about the only live thing that we have going on. Um, our New Year's Eve party will have a live DJ as well. Do you foresee, uh, you know, continued explosive growth in, in more micro distilleries popping up as there are more micro breweries? Absolutely. Yeah, I think we're on the cusp right now. I don't. I don't think it's even really started. So I think that there's going to be a lot more that's going to be popping up here. And and what what is going to have to set people apart? What what's what's going to have to be the competitive edge there? Again, I think there's a lot of room. I mean, being the craft side of things, you get to you get to play around with. I mean, this even alludes to a product that you did try earlier. Uh, we're going to be releasing our dark whiskey here soon. And I love is, that. That was which awesome. Is, uh, our whiskey war, 80% whiskey war, blended with a uh, uh, 20% of a port wine. And it's absolutely delicious. You just pour that over ice, and that's all you need. Okay. High Bank Distillery, Adam Hines and Zach Jensen. Guys, thanks for coming in. Uh, Sean, once again, where are you at tonight? Back at the uh, India Oak in uh, Clintonville tonight and uh, over at uh, Barrel and Boar Creekside in Gahanna. All right. Tomorrow night. Sounds good. Play us on out, Sean. This is the Six Pack News Radio 610 WTVN. Have a great weekend. Don't drink and drive, folks. Talk to you soon. Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.